What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. No yep. doubt. He averages 14 points a game, and one of the reasons is because of his offensive rebounding and his deliberate knack to be aggressive in the paint when he gets the ball. Kaluma went right at block and a chance for three. Hopkins trying to create space. Kalkbrenner with the block. Croswell there. Kind of threw a palm ball up at the rim. Shireman trying to get it to Kalkbrenner. Great finish. Croswell has four fouls and knew it. Hey, back with you on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. The show, powered by Currency, 590 AM ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube to get involved in the show, 888-638-4876. Calling that number right now is our friend Joel Lorenzi, Creighton beat writer for the Omaha World Herald. Joel, good morning. Good morning, what's going on, guys? <laughs> yeah, there he is. Rise and grind, man. You with us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, the last yeah, NBA yeah. game was tipped at, well, I guess Lakers-Rockets was late, but everything else was before five. It's the routine, man. You can't break out of it. It consumes you. I love this man. Hey. All right, so let me, I gotta, I'm going to get my two NBA questions out before we move on to the Jays. Uh, I give you... Lakers, Suns, Thunder. Most likely to move up into those nine and ten slots. The Thunder, the Suns, or the Lakers? I say the Lakers. Uh, The way Brian is playing, uh, with AD's return looming, um, with the kind of basketball, I mean, they've they, they've survived. I I'd say they've remained afloat. Now the Suns, all those dudes are in hospital beds, man. It's it's hard to to compete that way, man. And the Thunder, um, nothing against the Thunder, but I just uh, I think they've won three in a row, maybe or something like. They're close. Yeah, they're not far off. They're probably better off than the Suns for sure. The Suns, I mean, nobody can stay on the court. So, uh, yeah, it's not. A third of the way through the third of the way through the season is Missoula your head your coach of the year? I mean, come on. Out with Ime and in with Missoula and all you do. What are they at? Ten straight now? Something like that. Seven. Yeah, I, I think it's that. Memphis that has ten. I, I think Boston it. has seven. Yeah. I thought about it because um you I mean, with the way they were talking, um when Missoula was inserted, it was like, you know, um, it could have easily been been messed up, or they could have screwed up what they had going on. But they they looked just as good as as last year or the end of last year. So um, yeah, he, he's definitely part of the, the favorite right now. You all in or all out on? Probably up there too. You all in or all out on Memphis? Man, I'm not one of those Memphis guys, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that, I, I 
think they could do decent. But I'm just not a I'm not a Jaw fan, man. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> and, and I think they could win a a playoff series or two. But I'm I don't think they're a final team. Not this year. Is it his efficiency his efficiency or what? You want him to be a better shooter? Um, I think it just comes down to, uh, you know, when when the team is game planning for you, when the game slows down, um, when the defense intensifies. I think uh, I think there are teams that can beat them. Like, I think the Nuggets are better than them. Um, the Warriors obviously haven't had the year that they wanted to have. A lot of that has to do with Steph being out and the young guys trying to figure things out. But uh, I think the Warriors are still a team that a lot of a lot of teams in the playoffs want to shy away from, um, especially if they're they're healthy. And frankly, I mean, you saw the Warriors beat uh, beat the Grizzlies on what was that Christmas without uh, Steph. So, hey, who do you think could benefit most, Joel, from a a trade before February ninth? I'm curious. I'm asking an NBA question. Completely. Hey, how about that? <laughs> uh, probably the Raptors. Uh, I, I know the Raptors. Uh, they've been in, in, in rumors most about making a big splash at the deadline, and their experiment was cool. You know, getting a bunch of switchy dudes and seeing how well they were working. It. Uh, they just haven't gotten over the hump without another, uh, you know, crazy shot maker. You know, someone to help Fred on that front. So I don't know if it's time to completely blow it up, but they definitely got to make a move uh, to, you know, get over the hump. Hey, let's see. Let's go the direction of Creighton now, Joel, um, as uh, they take on Butler tonight, uh, another Big East game for this group. Uh, but they're, they're, they're in good shape right now, I would say, especially after getting the win against Providence, a game that they didn't shoot the three very well, but something that we drew more – I guess drew more attention to over anything else was the fact that Kalkbrenner is still not finding his way into the double-digit field goal category. Uh, how much emphasis should Creighton start um, it, putting on Kalkbrenner in games because it, he's just so hard to defend most times? Yeah, um, I think with Kalkbrenner, his buckets like when when he scores, it's not like Sonogo, right? Like they're not force feeding him down low. Um, he's not, you know, making his living down, you know, one-on-one opportunities around a basket, like assessing the defense and, you know, constantly pounding the ball down there. Like a lot of it is, you know, if somebody doubling one of the guards and then see open for the lob, stuff like that, stuff the defense gives you. And so, um, I think in recent games, this defense is focused on him more. It's been easier for like the last two games, I think Baylor Shireman has has flipped the switch. Oh yeah, he's been their go-to guy, and so um, it's just been easier to, you know, maybe play through him at times than try to force feed Cogbender. So I don't think uh, I think you you take what the defense gives you, and um, if it's working and the shots falling for for Shireman, then then why not? But uh, with Cogbender, I, I think. Uh, you just gotta feed him when, like you can't force feed him. You gotta feed him when when the defense allows it. Joel, when you there's 
last handful of games, right? And and I get it. It's 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 bigger than one guy, and it's not just on Nimhart. But when I talk to the fan base, Nimhart gets a little bit of more criticism than most, and maybe that just comes with being the PG, right? But when you look at the last couple of games and how well Alexander played as the primary ball handler without Ryan last year, is it natural for the fan base to make those kinds of comparisons, or is it just to end the moment and let it play out? Um. Obviously, there's a lot of season to play left, but the, the criticism is understandable. I think um, you look at last year and maybe uh, not overachieved, but maybe he might have set the standards a little too high because that was a team that, um, you know, their starting unit didn't have as much talent. Um, and so you saw a lot of nights Nemhar was, was being depended on as a shot maker sometimes and um, he doesn't have the same pressure this year. Um, but people expected him to make a jump from last year. Uh, they expected all the sophomores to make a jump from last year. And I say Columbus turned the corner, and Trey has looked good for the most part. But Nemhard is, is at the bottom of the ladder on that front. And um, it's under, all the criticism is understandable. I mean, he's, he's not shooting well. Um, you've seen in recent games, like, he'll miss the, the stuff that easy earlier in the season, you know, short-range floaters. They'll miss a read here and there. Um, so I think part of it is he's in a funk, especially in the past couple weeks. Um, but, yeah, man, like teams are going under on him because he hasn't proved that they'll make them pay. Like um, there are things that aren't trending his way. So um, Creighton, Creighton needs more from him for sure. And, and not just as – um, a scorer when, you know, he's called upon. But, um, you know, they need that reliability that he's known for with the ball in his hands. I thought at UConn, um, his turnovers were, were crucial, man. Hey, Joel, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again next week. Joel, that's deep, buddy. Appreciate oh, you. Sorry, see y'all soon. Hey, see you, man. That is Joel Lorenzi at JX Lorenzi they on don't, Twitter. They don't utilize him enough. Who's that, Creighton? The, the paper. Oh, the paper. <laughs> no, like, I'm serious. Creighton, he's at every game. <laughs> no, like, yeah. He does great work. And he's interesting. Great work. He's interesting. <laughs> well, and he also doesn't think like somebody that has been doing it for a long period yeah. of time. He's I, a young I, guy, I, and he brings I, a new, I, fresh I, I, perspective. I like how he makes me think. Yeah. Before we uh, close the show today, I want to take this moment to tell you about Dingman's. Dingman's has been in the business for over 25 years in Omaha. You know what's funny? Last night, I had a dream that I crashed my car. And I'm like, oh, I got to take it to Dingman. Swear, I had that dream. Um, I, I wouldn't say in my dream I thought about taking it to Dingman's. But in the morning, I was like, huh, I could have taken my car to Dingman's if I actually crashed my car. Uh, that's Dingman's Collisions Center. Family-owned, family-run local business. They invest in the latest technology to stay up to date with the ever-evolving technology of what cars are today. They work on all makes and models for locations throughout the metro area. And you know what's really cool about Dingman's is the fact that they give back. They have this give back program where they they shine light on 
great organizations here in the local area. They've worked with nonprofits like the Boys and Girls Club of the Midlands. Um, they've worked with food banks, Saving Grace, Perishable Food Rescue, Abide, they, tons of they, things. They roll as a family army, man. They are a community. And they, they let the customer choose what they would like to donate to, but then Dingman's does the donating. That's the coolest thing any company in town does. Shano? You know, I'm all about Dingman's. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>